This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. Now, good morning, everyone. Yeah, you are awake. So, um, well, and Shelly said, I, I've, I've said this before. She talked about people at 9 o'clock, but um, I'm going to do my best for you not to go to sleep for the next few minutes. But if you took all the people who sleep in church and laid them end to end, they would be more comfortable. So, anyway, that's, that's kind of what we say. But I, I'll do my very, very best for that, for that not to happen. But I do want us to just kind of pause for just a moment before we get going and uh, give all of our parents a hand. Can we do that? Um, so, I am so, if you'll let me say, that, say it this way, I'm so proud of every parent. You get up. And you get your kids ready. And I know sometimes it's hard and it's a struggle and sometimes they don't want to come. But you do that and you're coming and you, you know, that's something that some of us just don't have to do anymore and deal with. But thank you for bringing your children. Um, thank you for bringing your kids and your students. And um, um, we just do our best to take care of them and, and, and teach them. And I, I love this team. The children's team is just, it's just great. So anyway, so thank you so, so very, very much. All, all right. Are you ready? Good news is not good news if it comes too late. And we'll say it again, okay? And just I want you to think about, just kind of ponder it for just a moment. So good news is not good news if it comes too late. I want to share two stories with you. Jen and I were over in Seattle. We were just um, messing around. And we were just like walking around the city. And I, I forget what we were doing, but we were just, just cross the ferry and, and we're walking around. And so we made our way up to just above uh, Pike Place Market, to that area up there. I forget what it's called, but there's a big Starbucks on the corner. You, you know what that is? You with me right there? So we were right there, and um, we had gotten coffee and so on, and we were going to head back to the ferry. And for some reason, um, Jen was out in front of me just a little bit. I was leaning against the building, the Starbucks building there. And what I didn't know, that above my head was a whole row of pigeons. Don't get ahead of the story, okay? So there's a whole, whole row of pigeons. Now, here's the deal. So one of these pigeons was having a really bad day. And apparently, one of these pigeons ate the wrong thing. And so when it pooped, it wasn't just like a small little thing. It, I was standing up, up against a building like this, and it, it pooped, and it, it ran down my back. No, it was ugly. It, and my backpack was wet. My neck was wet. My back was wet. And it was horrible. And so, and Jen, then she comes to help me, right? Like she's wiping stuff off of my neck and all this kind of stuff. I'm in Seattle. A shower is not for a long time. <clears throat> and I stepped away from the building and some dude over here says, don't stand there. I'm, and I told Jen, like, that word would have been better before the pigeon pooped, right? <laughs> good news is not good news if it, if it comes too late. Um, Mark and, and um, Gloria Zook, Mark and Gloria Zook, um, they were, I think they were in their 40s when God spoke to them and they felt called them to be missionaries somewhere in the world. And so Mark and Gloria Zook went to their um, denominational leaders, 
shared with them what God had spoken to them about their heart and so on. And uh, here's what they were told. You are too old. It's just not enough time for you to get what you need to get in order to do that. And you're too old. Fortunately, they didn't listen to that. They went to their church and their church sent them out. And Mark and Gloria Zook ended up in Papua New Guinea amongst a tribe called the Mok, Mok tribe. This is a tribe that lived in fear, lived in deception. There wasn't a follower of Jesus at all. And so the Zook spent um, some time learning the ways of the Mok tribe, living amongst them. And finally, Mark Zook began to share the stories of God from the Old Testament. Share the stories of his power and who he was and what he did. And after about two months of sharing the stories of God from the Old Testament, he moved into the New Testament where he talked about Jesus. Talked about God's son. And when the Mok tribe heard of, of the betrayal of Jesus, how he was betrayed by, by Judas and his sacrifice and his death on the cross and being raised a brand new life and that they could enter into brand new life, something amazing happened amongst the Mok tribe. In just a short period of time, there were just over 300 a part of that tribe. In just a short period of time, every one of them became a follower of Jesus. As they began to realize that God had loved them that much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on, on their behalf. And then something else happened. The tribe broke out in what Mark Zook describes as two and a half hours of celebration. I'll just call it a party. Um, of dancing and, and celebrating and repeating the words, etau, 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 which means it's true, it's true, it's true. And what they were saying it's true to is that God did send his son, Jesus. God did um, restore us to a brand new life. If you were to read about the Mok tribe, you would read uh, about a lifestyle that they would do things that you and I would, not even, would not, even, not even think about, but they were set free because they were brand new people. And so they went on. Mark Zook taught them how to share their gospel story because there were villages around them who did not have the experience that they had just entered into. The Zooks who, who followed what they believed God had called them to, um, were now experiencing what God was doing in others' lives as a result of their obedience. You see, what you hold true, what you hold true, um, what you believe changes the decisions you make. What you hold to be true changes the decisions you make. If you believe the Bible is true, it will change what you think about yourself. If you believe the Bible is true, that God sent his son Jesus into the world to die for mankind, that will change the decisions you make in all life. It will change how you live. And this is what happened to, to the Zooks. They believed that God had called them. They believed the Bible was true. They believed that Jesus came and was the redemption for our sins. And they shared that good news of story. And because they did, the Mok tribe came to brand new life, and now they want to share it with 
surrounding villages. Here's what happened. The Zooks took them out. There were 12 villages in the area where they were living. The Zooks took them out in the first four villages and just shared with them how you tell the story. And then the Mok tribe began to share the story with surrounding villages. It's called discipleship, right? And in one of the villages out of the 12, the same thing happened. When this village came to the knowledge of a God who loved them, and they received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, celebration broke out. And as they described it, it was another two hours of celebrating and, and, and dancing um, and rejoicing because of the new life that they had been brought into. But then something happened that did not happen when, it, when the Mok celebrated. Suddenly, the celebration stopped. And the celebration turned to um, mourning and crying and weeping and wailing. And as the Mok tribe shares, Mark Zook, here's the reason why. Because the knowledge that their ancestors did not hear the good news settled upon them. Think about for just, see, the good news is not good news if it comes too late. And so we've been talking about, as followers of Jesus, if you're brand new today, you, 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 this is probably maybe the most important Sunday, maybe, um, because I'm talking about what is the good news in just a moment? What is the gospel? What is the good news? And what about this mandate that you and I have to go out and share this story um, of what Jesus has done in our life? What's it mean to go into all of the world and make disciples? Like go into the marketplace. Like for you and me, that's like um, for some of us, it's not going across, you know, the world. It's going into the marketplace. It's going into the places that we work. It's going into the coffee shops. It's going into the grocery. Wherever we go in our going, we are sharing the good news of the gospel. Where does it begin? Where does that begin? It begins with your story. It begins this way, that once you were this, but now you're this. See, once you were lost, once you didn't know Jesus, but now you know Jesus, and you may not have responded like the Malk tribe or this other village, but you were a brand new person. You came to faith. You trusted him, and now you, you are experiencing brand, a brand new life. You are, you are forgiven. The gospel changed your life, and it changed my life. And that's what we're talking about. How do we share this gospel story? We are brand new people with a brand new hope. You see, the gospel is good news. Will you say it with me? The gospel is good news. So why is the gospel the good news? That's a good question. Why, why is it good news? Why do we refer to this life and this gospel as, as good news? Because it's a story. It's a story of the redemption of man, of you and me, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God's only son. That's why it's good news. We have been redeemed. Listen to Romans chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. So we were all born into sin. We were all born sinners, so... If you, have, if you have kids, and so Jen and I, we, we raised two boys and um, four grandchildren. And so when we looked at them, we, we did the same thing you did, right? Um, Mom and dad, like, this is the perfect child. And that's true. And listen, when your mom and dad looked at you, guess what they said? This is the perfect child. I know they did. I'm, I'm sure they did. 
but you were a perfect child, but you were perfectly a sinner. And my two boys, they were perfectly a sinner. Now, I'm thankful for God's grace and, and all that. But listen, we were born into sin. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness, and that's a great, if you circle, you underline, that's a great, great place to circle. Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. We'll talk about that one act in just a moment. But this is what Jesus did. He went around proclaiming the good news. The kingdom had come. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, and announcing the good news about the kingdom. It had come. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Listen, the good news means that you don't have to live in fear of the future any longer. Your life is in Christ. And I want to emphasize that for just a moment. You don't have to live in fear anymore about the future because some of us are living in fear for the future. Like we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't, we don't know like what the next five minutes hold. And for some of us, we go like that causes fear. We don't have to live in fear. This is part of the good news because our life is in Christ. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. For you died to this life. You, you are dead. So look at your person beside you and go like, you're dead to that life. And your real life is hidden with Christ. So you die to the old life and your new life is hidden with Christ in God. So what does this mean? Well, it means you're dead to the old life. It's your old self. You're not who you used to be. That part of you, that old life has been crucified with Christ and buried with him. And as new people, we now have a brand new identity. So you were this and now you're this. So I was, I've shared my, my journey before. Um, so I was nine. I received Christ. I went from a dead person to a live person. I went from this old life to this brand new life. And that's your story too. No matter when it is that you receive Jesus. Colossians 3.11, and in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Let me paraphrase it this way. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what your journey looked like. It doesn't matter uh, the sin that you fell into. It doesn't matter. Christ is all that matters and his gift to you and to me, he lives in all of us if you trusted him. This gospel is good news because it's God's story of love for all of mankind. And so probably the most famous, one of the most famous scriptures anyway that a lot know, like John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, what? That he gave his only son. That's God's love, the giving of his son for all of mankind. So this gospel story that we share is sometimes referred to as having three parts or three phases. I want to share those with you because I think they're really, really important for us to live in the freedom that we have been, that we have been brought into. The gospel is then, now, and in the future. Okay, you ready? Everybody say then. The gospel is then, 
the gospel is now and the gospel is in the future. Or the gospel is past, present, and future. Man, you're doing good. I'm going to say it a couple more different ways, okay? Here, and I actually haven't come up with you. So we, we, I'll say it this way. We are saved. Um, we are being saved. And we will, we, we will be saved. You guys are, are so good. Um, what, do you mean, what do I mean there? In the past, okay? So we, um, the gospel is in, in, in the past. We have been separated from the penalty of sin. So when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the penalty of sin was removed. That's past. All of you have a past if you're a follower of Jesus. And your past says you have been separated from the penalty of sin that was death. It's present because we are free from the power of sin over us. So we've been released from the penalty of sin. We are free from the power of sin in this current day. And then finally, we'll be free from the presence of sin. That's in the future. That day's yet to come. So past, present, and future, we are Freed from the penalty of sin. We are free from the power of sin over our lives today. We'll talk more about that in a minute. And we'll, free, we'll be free over the presence of sin when we're with, with Jesus. So the gospel is past. Maybe you've heard the word justification, right? Or so we are saved. Um, we are justified. We have been separated from the penalty of sin through our belief and trust in Jesus. What's important here is to know that you haven't been separated from the penalty of sin because you are a good person. You're not that good. None of us are that good. We have been separated from the penalty of sin through our belief and trust in Jesus. This is where the enemy will come to you and go like, you, you, you really screwed up. You haven't done enough. You've got to work a little harder. That's not biblical. That's not what the Bible says. Romans chapter 5, Therefore, since we have been justified... By works? No, somebody say no. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Since we have been justified by faith, by trusting in him. This is what separates Christianity or what we believe from every other uh, religion or belief system. In every other religion or belief system, it's all about like, how do I work myself up to God? How do I work my way into a relationship with him while all the time not really knowing if you've ever done enough? Christianity says, no, look, it's just trusting Jesus because he's the one who did what you could not do. He's the one who did what I could not do. The gospel story we must share out in the marketplace is not one of works, but grace. Being justified by faith means that we are pronounced or treated as righteous, and this can only be an act of God. This is what he did, Romans chapter 5, the giving of his son, Jesus. Sins are forgiven, we are declared righteous through faith in God. And that's it, that's good news. And that's good news because we have no capacity within ourselves to earn our way to heaven. It won't work, it doesn't happen. We have been separated from the penalty of sin because of what Jesus has done. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace, everybody say grace. grace. You have been saved, what? Through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God. That's the good news of the gospel.
If you were to die tonight and, and, and you were getting entry into heaven, what would you say? If you answer that, and if I answer it in the first person, we've immediately gone wrong. Because I, because I believed, because I have faith, because I am this, because I am continuing. Loved ones, the only proper answer is in the third person, because he, because he. Think about the thief on the cross. And what an immense, I can't, I, I can't wait to find that fellow one day to ask him, how did that shake out for you? Because you were, you were, you were, you were cussing the guy out with your friend. You'd never been in a Bible study. You'd never got baptized. You, never, you didn't know a thing about church membership. And, and yet, and yet, you made it. You made it. How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said, you know, like, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? Well, because I, I don't know. Well, you know, excuse me, let me get my supervisor. Think I'll get the supervisor ranger. So we have just a few questions for you. First of all, are you, are, you, are, you, are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? <laughs> the guy said, I've never heard of it in my life. And, and what about, uh, let's just go to the doctrine of Scripture immediately. This guy's just staring. And eventually, in frustration, he says, on, on what basis are you here? And he said, the man on the middle cross said, I can come. <laughs> now, now, that's the... That is the only answer. That is the only answer. That is the only answer. The man on the middle cross said I could come. There might be people surprised by your arrival in heaven someday. There might be some a surprise at my arrival in heaven. It's not based on our works. It's based on his grace. The man on the middle cross said I could come. He said you could come. And the good news is that all can come. And I'll just tell you that if you're, you're like, you haven't you've been near, here new uh, or this is your first Sunday or it's been around a short time, that's the only story this church has. And that is the only thing that we have that should, he's come. God has sent his son Jesus into this world he invites all of us to be in relationship with him, have a brand new hope and a brand new life. Justification is it's instantaneous. It's, it's immediate. The moment you trust in Jesus, the moment you make him Lord of your life, you are his. You are a brand new person, and you are his. Justification or receiving Jesus by faith is deliverance from the penalty of sin, and it's your past as a follower of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Do we make mistakes as followers of Jesus? Do you make a mistake? We all make mistakes. Uh, I make mistakes. Don't leave me up here alone. We all make mistakes, right? We all make mistakes. 
That's why it's important to understand the second phase of, of the gospel, the good news. It's present. We are being saved. This is good news. Sanctification is, is the word. We are separated from the power of sin over our lives today. Sanctification is it's an ongoing daily process of, of becoming like Christ. That's his plan for each and every every one of us. We make mistakes. We do. We, we do make mistakes. But First Thessalonians chapter 4 says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Now, that's not the only thing. That's just the one thing there. But we are called to walk in obedience to him, being sanctified or set apart, or understanding that we are separated from the power of sin over our lives means that we walk in obedience to his word, saying no to the sinful desires that come and are of the world, and we grow to be like him. The reality is, it is true that some of us need to learn how to say no a little more often than what we're doing. Right? We need to learn to say no and allow the Spirit's power to be in us and enable us in every way in this life as we walk in obedience to him. It's, it's called discipline. It's a spiritual discipline. So Peter says this, we're to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're, we are to be people who grow to be like him. We are free from the power of sin as the Spirit lives through us. We make mistakes. Now, um, there's an accusation um, that is always le leveled against the church, right? And that would be you and me. That would be all of us here. And that is, I don't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. Do you hear that? Church is full of hypocrites. Well, um, that statement is true. <laughs> that is true, right? Because we, we make mistakes. And so this is true. And that's why you're here and that's why I'm here. Because we're working this thing out in our life, right? We're growing to be like Christ. We are growing together. I heard the illustration of a gymnasium. I, I think it fits here. We're going to a gym. So if you've gone to a gym or have you ever been near a gym, when you go into a gym, what do you see? You see all kinds of people, right? You see people who are, you know, they're fit or what you would think is fit. You see those people. Then you see people who are just trying to work it out. Because you see people all sizes and all shapes and all, all levels of, of, of fitness, why do you think they're going there? To get fit, to work it out. Why do you think we come to church? Why do you think we gather in, in large groups like this and in small groups? Because we're trying to work it out. Because we're trying to get spiritually fit and we need one another to do that. We do. It's, don't go so quiet. Because I get really nervous, okay? So um, we need one. Some of us um, find in a small group, like I did this last week, being challenged by my guys. Now, we don't share what goes on in a group, but it was challenging. We were helping each other get fit. We need one another. That's why the church is important. We gather together to grow together in Christ. It's one of the beautiful things about the gospel. 
The gospel is also a future. I'll use the word glorification or we, we will be saved. So we are saved, past. We are being saved, um, present, over the power of sin. And we will be saved in the future. The day is coming when the presence of sin will be no more. Hmm? Anyone looking for heaven? So no more sickness. So how are you feeling this morning? So like tired, maybe some of us are dealing with sickness or illness in our body. Like the day's coming um, when that will all be removed. Well, I've sat with people this past week and I said, have you, have you thought about heaven? Because for some it's nearer. Have, have, have you thought about that? Because you experience no sickness, no pain. None of the temptations that we deal with today. No more discord. I mean, how long could the list be? We could keep on going, couldn't we? We will be saved. We'll be free from everything that we experience in this world today that is not of God. You can say goodbye to the tired, sick body that you now have. When will it happen? Well, the Bible says it happens like really quick, assuming that we all are alive. I think my mom, who raised, all, you know, raised her kids alone, I think... I think she would share this passage as a way of like scaring us. And it, it actually worked, you know. She's like you, like, you don't know when it's going to happen, when Jesus is going to come. So do you want to be in that place right there when Jesus comes, when the trumpet sounds, you know, and all that and stuff? It would scare the kingdom right into you or the hell right out of you, however you want to say it, you know. But 1 Corinthians 15, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Um, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Now, he's not talking about like, <clears throat> he's talking about death, death, right? But we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And that's the passage that mom would go, it's going to happen, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed for this imperishable. This perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on the immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Will you read it with me? Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? That's coming. Let's give the Lord a hand. Can we do that? Paul, Paul's teaching here, he's bringing some correction regarding the resurrection of, of, of believers in Christ. There was some thinking that was going on. Some were claiming that the day wouldn't happen at all. While others were saying, look, um, um, the spirit of a person just would continue without a body. So he's teaching, he's bringing correction to all, all of that. But Paul clearly says that these bodies are not fit for eternity with God. That we're dying, right? They're perishable, but he clearly teaches that there's this great transformation coming for you and for me. The old's gone. The new has come. Glorified body will take its place. Etau. Etau. It's true. It's true. And you can experience it today. I'm going to pray in just a minute. I just got, got some questions for you in, in, in just a second. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a story to tell. 
because of what he has done for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have a story to tell because of what he's doing for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, we have a story to tell because of what he will do for you. It's what he's done, and it's what he's doing, and it's what he will do. So I'll have three questions, and then I'm going to pray. Have you experienced Jesus for the very first time? Have you come into a relationship with him? Do you know him? I mean, if you're new to church, you hear all kinds of ways to refer. Have you asked him for forgiveness? Um, is he your Lord and Savior? And so I'm going to ask you that. I'm going to pray in just a second. Um, are you growing in your relationship with him? So maybe some of us feel stuck. Have you ever felt stuck? I have. It's like, I just, I just want more. Maybe that's where you are today. And then the last question is, are you living in anticipation of the future? I, I think that a lot of us are living in fear like we just don't know. When I die, I'm not really, really sure what's going to happen. And this is the trick of the enemy, see? So um, he comes in, he says, look, look, you screwed up in life. You made a mistake. Um, yeah, you were a believer, but now look what you did. And it's the trick of the enemy, right? To get you to believe that you are not his son or not his daughter. And that, you know, eternity with Jesus is a little bit questionable. That's a lie. That's a lie. Are you anticipating your future with, with him? So I'm, I'm going to pray, and then at the end of my prayer, I'm going to ask you to respond in this way. So we have this text number. Mario mentioned it a little bit earlier, um, um, 360-209-84. It will come up on the screen. I'm going to ask you to text in today if you pray with me to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I don't want to make any assumptions that everybody here and online are followers of Jesus. I mean, I pray the way people coming every day, every week searching, I pray for that. Um, or maybe you're, you feel stuck, or maybe like, you know, you, you, you're trying to walk in obedience, but you know, the whole thing of the power of sin being broken over you, it's just something you're struggling with. We want to help you with that. We all make mistakes. It's not a matter if you made a mistake or you didn't make a mistake. We all do, but we can be free from the power of sin in our life as the Spirit lives through us. And then are we living in anticipation of what's to come for the next life? If you're living in fear of that, then we, we want to help you walk through that because we're not to live in fear. Eternity is like the next breath, right? Away, or however you might describe it. So I'm going to ask you to stand, and I'm going to pray. It's a simple prayer, and you can join, join me. And I say this all the time. Um, no magic words to kind of line up and get in the right order. Nothing like that. It's just opening up our heart um, to what Jesus may be saying to you right now and then allowing him to do his work in your life. So, Father, I thank you that we can gather today, um, all of us at the very same place, no one better than anybody else. All of us, Lord, having to be in that, in that spot where we were, we were dead to our sins. <laughs> I mean, dead to brand new life. And we were dead. We were, we were dead. And um, whatever stage of life or whatever place that we found ourselves, maybe at an altar, in a home, in a car, wherever, when we, when we cried out to you, God, you released us from the penalty of sin by placing our faith and trust in you. So if you've never done that before, I just invite you to say, Jesus, I, I just give my life to you. 
I want to be a brand new person. I receive you as Lord and, and Savior. I want to trust you with my life. And that's just a simple prayer. If you share from your heart, then, then you, you walk in brand new life. You say goodbye to the old life. God, I know that some of us are, are we're, we're stuck. We're, we, we, we really do want to grow with you, in you, and with all that you have for us. We really do, but we're stuck. And so we, we just ask you, Father, to maybe in a brand new way, you know, fill us with your spirit and the power of your spirit in this life. We give ourselves to you. Um, free us from the enemy, those causing us to look at who we used to be and not who we are. Let us live in anticipation of the life to come, not in fear, but knowing that we are secure in you and our relationship with you. Nothing can come and steal us away. The enemy can't take us away. And I thank you for that reality. I thank you for that biblical truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here's the, number, the, num the numbers on the screen and the word today. If you just text today to that number, maybe you want to grab a picture of it with your phone, that we want to help you um, work this thing out. We want, to, we want to do this life together because we're all in a spiritual gym, right? And we all are kind of working this thing out, right? We're all doing it together, so let's, let's do that. Um, also, uh, well, I was going to say something else. And it's just completely lost. Oh, I know. Let's welcome everybody to the gym, okay? Right here. That's who, we're, that's who we are. So thanks so much. God bless you. And let's just sing, right? It's called the hymn of heaven. And uh, when we get to that part of the faith, those who have gone before us and, and the faith leaders before, let's just think about those that we will meet someday in heaven together, shall we? Let's sing together. How I long to breathe the air of heaven Where pain is gone and mercy fills the streets To look upon the one who bled to save me And walk with him for all eternity
day Join the resurrection And stand beside the heroes of the faith With one voice a thousand generations Sing worthy is the Lamb who was slain 